Whether you're looking to land your next promotion, make a career transition, or find the next best role for you, being a job candidate can be challenging. And even sometimes isolating, but you don't have to do it alone. I'm Karen Weeks, the CEO and Chief Career Coach of Shine Network Coaching. I bring over 20 years of HR experience to the conversation, including as the Chief People Officer at OrderGroove. And I'm Dan Carr, a Shine at Work career coach with over a decade of recruiting experience, helping high-growth startups expand with top talent. On this podcast, we will shine a light on your job search so you can land a role that lets you flex your strengths and progress your career in an environment you actually look forward to working in each day. From creating a standout resume to confidently negotiating your salary to find your footing as a new manager, you can expect to hear actionable advice to help you shine your brightest in your role. This is the Shine at Work podcast. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Shine at Work podcast. It has been a while yet again. This summer has been a little unpredictable, but that's life. And I think a lot of times we talk about like leaning into what's important to you at different times in your life and how that affects your career. Well, it's affected the podcast and that's okay. So we are excited to be back. Hello, my very good friend, Dan. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Good, good. And actually, Dan is about to finally take some time off. So thank goodness for that. Very well deserved. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Little road trip, just some hiking, not a big deal, but getting out of the city and seeing a little bit of nature, which is always good. It's all about finding the things that you need to like refresh at that moment. Sometimes it's a big adventure. Sometimes it's just getting outside the city. Sometimes it's just not being on Zoom calls. Again, I feel like really the theme of this is what's important to you and what do you need and like going after that. And it can be so many different things. And that's that's what we've found is like, because before COVID, we were doing like huge trips, you know, Australia, New Zealand, like taking two weeks off, but we got into the cadence of doing like, short little road trips, looking for like waterfalls to check out national parks. And um, that's been really nice outlet too. So yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Well, today we're going to talk about something that we've kind of talked about every once in a while, but actually has not been something we've gone very deep into. So we thought we'd do an episode on it. So A lot of times it's referred to as upskilling, but really finding opportunities to learn new skills and how to identify even how to do that or what to do that when it comes to your job search. So I think a lot of times people are focused on it when they're in a role, you know, I need to learn Excel more. I need to improve my presentation skills. I want to be able to coach people. So I'm going to try to find opportunities to do that, but there's opportunities to do it as part of a job search as well. So we wanted to kind of talk about how to literally do it and then bring it into your job search today. So as we think about first sort of defining what we talk about when we reference upskilling, Dan, as you think about it as when people are searching for a job or like thinking about jobs to apply for, how does it come into your mind? Like, why do you think we should be talking about this as part of a job search? You know, what I've experienced um, just working in the industry and then working with clients is when you look, especially if you've been in a company for a decent amount of time prior and you're kind of set and connected to 
their ways of doing things, their technologies and tools that they utilize. When you kind of look to take a step out there in the world, you may start to identify in job descriptions, um, new skills or tools or technologies that companies are looking for that maybe your company hadn't uh, upskilled into themselves. Um, and you can find a couple different gaps um, as you go through and it can be concerning for people going into interviews of like, okay, I've seen this a couple different times. Now I've got an interview and now I have to talk about something or they're going to ask me a question about something I have no experience with doing. So a lot of times with, with working with clients, it's just how do I, how do I address that um, and, or how do I get ahead of it has been um, a pretty consistent point that's come up in, in all conversations. Yeah. And it's really interesting because it can be a wide variety of things. So um, I'm going to generalize the tools that we're talking about. They were more role specific, but to make it sort of um, more universal for people. So we had one client that we were working with who was used to working in like Google spreadsheets and noticed that Excel was mm-hmm. actually the thing that most of the roles were requiring. So for him, it would have been an easy thing to learn, but he wanted to be able to say, yes, I have experience in Excel as well as Google Sheets. So he started taking some really high level classes on Google Sheets. It was a much more complex platform than that, but just to kind of like give an example. Um, But he wanted to be able to say, not just, oh, I learned things quickly. I'm sure I can pick up Excel. He was able to say, oh yeah, no, I know Excel too, because I was able to, to learn it, you know, through this class or whatever. Yep, exactly. Or another client that comes to mind, um, the company they were with, were they were using a proprietary tool for some of their project management uh, and something that they were very adept in. But these other companies are looking for experience in a Monday.com or this other suite of different project management tools that are out there. So obviously, there's a lot of transferable skills in there. Um, but it, you know, they're, it's popping up continuously in these job descriptions of things that they just didn't have the opportunity to lean into when they were in their previous role. Yeah. And I think the, so that's sort of one version of upskilling is just exposure to different things that are within your circle, but you just haven't had uh, the ability to work with because of your company setup. The other piece of it is you haven't had a chance to work in it because either you are looking to change careers a little bit or make a shift in your career, or you're looking to up-level what you do today. And so you maybe not have had exposure to some things. And so that's really an opportunity first to like literally be able to learn the thing. So for example, in times of my HR career, you know, if I didn't uh, lead performance reviews, for example, maybe I started to learn more about different ways of doing performance reviews and I attended some webinars or things like that, or I needed to learn about benefits and compliance. So I went to a couple of employment law classes or something like that. So it was things I literally was not doing and I needed to have more exposure to it in order to Mm -hmm. take that step in my career that I was interested in. Yep, similar path for me, especially, you know, being in recruiting and being exposed to, you know, every company, um, you've got different skill sets and different teams that you're working with. So just to get myself up to speed and to working with a product team or a design team or a biz dev team, there's always a different angle to it. So um, I've always leaned into um, online stuff, uh, learning opportunities to just sort of upskill a little bit and get my my footing in a new world. Um, and it's it's always done wonders for me. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, even if the skills are there, but maybe you're looking to change industries 
are there industry sponsored things that you can go to so you can learn more about it? So, you know, I've worked in aerospace technology and e-commerce. And so if I was looking to move into e-commerce, maybe there's some e-commerce webinars or industry events that I could go to where I could show that I really was interested in that field, not just, oh, this is just the job that I applied for. So even if this it's not literal skills, maybe it's more industry knowledge that you need more exposure to. Yep. I love that. So we've been already talking about lots of different things to think about. If I am going through my job search or starting my job search, and I'm trying to think about what I should focus on from an upskilling standpoint, what suggestions do you have for me to prioritize? Like there's 20 things I see that I quote unquote don't know. How do I think about what I should do first or how I should tackle it? Because every job description is going to be a little bit different. The all companies are going to be a little bit different as far as the tools that they use. But I think as you go through, it's helpful to really keep track of what's consistent across all the different job descriptions that you're seeing to really hone in on like, okay, this is a foundational tool or core skill that I'm missing, but I've seen in the last 10 out of 15 job descriptions um, that I've gone through um, or you know, as you go through interviews, same thing, but really starting to, to pull out what are the consistent areas that seem to be a gap for you and not just the one-offs, but across multiple different roles is probably the, the first place I would focus. Yeah. I was working with a client who is very analytical and he literally created a spreadsheet that like turned into a heat map. So like every time he (laughs) saw a certain word on a job description or it came up in an interview, like he would mark it somehow. And it's almost like a word cloud, right? Like the more it it showed up, like the brighter it showed up on his heat map or something. And, but it, it was for him, it was really helpful because it, it can feel like, oh, it's a lot of things, or I feel like this came up all the time, but it actually only came up twice. So it allowed him yep. to really kind of hone in on, oh, this really is, you know, showing up in the word cloud bigger and bigger. I really should be tackling that more. That sounds amazing. I do a very uh, uh, much more bare bones version of that, but with clients, like we we have a, a spreadsheet where it's just like, because I, I, there's a lot of people that we work with that are, you know, either making the, a full jump or like there's a there's a tweak to um, the industry that they're looking to get into. And it's just like, okay, let's before diving into and taking five different classes because you saw it in one job description, let's get a little bit of a sample size, look through the job descriptions, start to apply and have some conversations and let's keep track of what's what's coming up and where you might want to focus your energy. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because everything's an investment, right? Whether it's time, money, just mental space and noise. So not only is it important to focus on the things that will actually have the return value of, oh, I'll be able to talk about this in most of my interviews. You also need to think about what kind of commitments can I make? You know, Is it a free hour long webinar because I just need to kind of be able to say that I can check the box? Or is it a real skill that I need to build and I need to consider investing into a certification or like some sort of course? Is it just a conference I can go to? So it also helps you understand how much investment should I make into it based on how much I'm seeing it? Do I think how how much of a hindrance is it? And then I can decide how much I want to invest in it, whatever that investment consists of. Absolutely. Um, That's a great point. Like just doing the job search alone is going to be a Oh, we talk about it being a full-time job unto itself. So being precious about your time, being very calculated and intentional about um, what makes the most sense, thinking through what you're looking to get out of it and what the end result would will be before you're diving into anything or 
you know, frankly, investing any money. Yeah. I mean, I've had this conversation come up uh, with HR people that I've coached around, you know, do I need an HR certification? Should I go back and get my master's? You know, at times in my career, I have done both, but it was more because I felt like I wanted to fill in the gap. So mm-hmm. when I was early in H- my HR career, I did a HR certification to sort of prove that I actually did know some HR stuff, even though that wasn't my background. And then yeah. I went back and got my master's because after working at a couple of roles or a couple of different companies, I wanted to better understand like the philosophy behind the decisions that were being made at companies. Mm-hmm. I don't think either made or break my career, but it was helpful for me to feel more confident and better understand some of the things that I was doing. Um, And that's how I sort of think about some of those bigger investments. But those things come up a lot, especially in roles like where, yes, if you're going to be a CPA, you have to get your CPA. Like that's something that has to happen. But in other roles, the certifications are nice, but not necessary. And how do you sort of think through some of that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I can speak from being a recruiter, working with hiring managers, and and building out teams. Like, as long as someone can talk about it, and it's more, you're always more focused on the actual professional experience. So, um, you know, just going out to get a bunch of things to throw on your resume because you think there'll be um, leverage points is not always necessarily the best strategy. Um, and it's really again thinking through. Um, how does it feed into what I'm looking to accomplish and having some sort of like genuine connection to what you want to do with it before you go out and actually make the investment. And it's actually can sometimes hold you back if you're too trained and not enough in the field. I mean, I've definitely Mm. had candidates or even people that I've hired that didn't work out because they were too academic about it because they didn't have enough Mm -hmm. time in the field. So they checked the box because they had the the three letters or the degree or whatever, but they didn't have enough actually time applying it. And that actually held them back from being successful. So to your point, it is important to do some things, but really think more about like leveraging your experiences and how that combines with the skills that you have um, versus like just investing in all these classes, but not doing anything with it. Because, you know, when it, when it all comes down to it, you're really looking for the, how have you applied this in some sort of professional setting? So, you know, along coupled with this conversation is like, if you do go out and you, you take the course and you learn a new tool or you learn a new skill, wherever you can begin to implement that, um, even if it's just like a side project mm-hmm. um, or a passion project of yours, where you can apply it and actually put it into practice and, and strengthens your ability to um, talk about an experience working with it is going to be that much more helpful because to your point, just having um, the education without without the application can be a bit of a sticking point for some people. Yeah. It goes back to the story um, that I've shared on the podcast before, but um, we had a client who was looking to make a change. She did go through the certification and all of that. And then she started doing the work for nonprofits while she was still in her current career Mm -hmm. so that she could build a portfolio and she could put stuff on her resume to say, I learned the thing. And this is some places where I've started to apply it. You can see it here because it happened to be something that was public facing. So I think she was able to make the change because on the side, in her own time, volunteering, she was able to to start it, to put it into practice. Yep. And I think the other important thing, like as we're we're talking about this and and 
and why it's a positive and why it's a leverage point as you go into interviews and into conversations, because it just shows and it demonstrates another level of initiative and mm -hmm. self-awareness when you're like, okay, I recognize this gap exists before, you know, not just from a job interview, but just having my finger on the pulse of, of the industry. Um, and I took the extra steps to go out there, educate myself about it. And then I've tried to apply it in, in different types of way, but just different types of ways, but just showing that that gap can be shrunk even more um, by showing the positive of your initiative and drive and self-awareness um, in an interview. I love that. Well, and I think it also really helps people understand to your point about how to talk about it. So I think sometimes, you know, a lot of the work that we do with clients is not just the, like what role to target and how to do the resume. It's then the interview prep. And we have these conversations mm -hmm. around, okay, what questions might come up that might be hard to tackle and skill gap is one of them. And so knowing how you're going to talk about something that you just learned, or maybe haven't applied in your day-to-day -day job and are doing on the side or frankly, you don't have. So maybe I haven't gotten to the place where I've been able to take the class or do the thing or whatever. If I get an interview question that I don't know how to answer, I don't actually have that experience. Is there a way to position it where it doesn't scare the recruiter away? Should I just be honest and leverage something else because I'll learn something quickly? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost is being uh, transparent and candid. And again, demonstrating it, like it's really appreciated when. Um, someone demonstrates self-awareness and um, has already identified the gap when you're talking to them as a recruiter, as opposed to just trying to say, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Or like, I've done that in the past, or I've done done something similar, but just being, no, I, I recognize that that came up and having, having a solution or a way that you demonstrate that you've thought through it, you recognize that it's a gap for you. And then you've got a little bit of a plan or you're thinking through how you might be able to shorten that learning curve. But just again, you're being proactive, you're showing initiative, you're self-aware that that's a, a, a bit of a gap and you're not just trying to BS through an interview, but actually demonstrating like, yeah, like I, I saw that, I've seen that in the industry a lot. Unfortunately, my my last company, um, there wasn't an opportunity to have exposure to that. So I've actually taken the initiative. I'm taking some online classes and I'm going to apply it to um, a side project that I'm working on with, with some friends or a consultant opportunity. But just that um, coming from that perspective is just a different value than trying to BS your way through saying that you have something. Again, just like recognize it, be open and honest about it and demonstrate that you've thought through it and have a bit of a plan. And we've said this before, recruiters can smell BS a mile away. Mm. So uh, it was so funny. I was just reading an interview where Bradley Cooper talks about when he was first hired onto um, a Sex and the City episode, which, all right, I hope this doesn't like offend our listeners. I have never seen a Sex and the City episode. Uh, nor have I. <laughs> all right. So we've totally just blocked probably half our audience or whatever. But <laughs> supposedly there's some episode, he drives a car that's a stick shift and he didn't know how to do it. But of course, in the audition, he lied. And, you know, he figured it out because you, as an actor, you can figure out how to learn stick shift pretty quickly. But in a job interview, they will ask follow-up questions. They will say, mm -hmm. oh, so tell me about that project that you worked on, or tell me about how you applied that platform that you claim that you know. So mm -hmm. do not lie, do not BS, be honest. The other thing that I'll say though, that I've seen be really effective, at least when I've been doing the interview is if you're able to say, well, I don't know that system, 
when I started this last job that I'm in now, I didn't know our system then either. And I learned mm-hmm. it. So, you yeah. know, I didn't know Salesforce when I started, but this is how I learned it. This is way, this is ways I pick things up pretty quickly. I'm seeing this come up more in my conversation. So I plan to take a class on it or whatever, but you can sort of help them know, help them see your path to learning, which you mentioned, but I just wanted to kind of like Reemphasize. No, yeah, that. no, that's an excellent point, and, and sort of a part B that um, I actually wanted to mention is just help them connect the dots of like, I I don't know this, but like I was in a similar circumstance mm-hmm. prior to my career, and these are the steps that I took to again shorten that learning curve, get up to speed, and learn very quickly. Giving them an example of an opportunity where. Um, you were able to learn on the fly and then apply that um, is going to be just as valuable in some circumstances as as actually having the the hard skill or the the tool. So excellent point. Yeah. All right, my friends. So we have talked today about what upskilling is just in the sense of like, if there are gaps in your experiences or skills that as you think about your job search, you want to make sure you tackle as you go into interviews to make yourself a stronger candidate. The peek behind the curtain that I wanted to offer this week is it actually will help you in your current role as well. Whether that is literally you can bring something new to your company and say, you know, hey, on the side, I've been dabbling in this, like maybe it's something we should be considering, or it will help you literally in your current role if it's a softer skill, like presentation skills or something like that. Or sometimes when you learn something new, it just re-energizes you just in life. So you may just kind of just be more excited about things and your brain's working on a higher level. So it may just energize you and just in general kind of uptick your engagement just in the roles that you're doing. So yes, you're doing it for your job search, but it actually will help you in your current role as well. I love that. Just the idea of um, continued development for Mm -hmm. yourself um, is always just a great opportunity to breathe a little bit of life into to your day-to-day and uh, what you're doing and kind of reinvigorate some things. So I love that one. Um, I would say, you know, in, in talking to a lot of people in cost is always, you know, uh, a concern for people um, going into this uh, scenario, especially if you're not currently working, you're looking for a role. So the one thing I would say is, um, you know, a lot of these uh, online courses like in Udemy or, um, a Skillshare, they understand their audience is some of them are unemployed and looking to to upskill. So a lot of them have um, installment plans or can break it out in different months. So before you sort of put it away because um, you don't have the the actual finances to to apply to it, take a look at them. Um, there are a lot of like in the fine print uh, opportunities and they know that's their audience to break it up, um, maybe do it over a couple months, couple of different weeks, but um, don't let that be the friction point for you because there are ways around that. That's an excellent point. I do think sometimes people understandably kind of get scared away from something, but if it's something that's valuable to you, ask or look into it more because you never know sort of what options are out there. And I think, you know, just to kind of like bring this full circle, because we started the conversation about, you know, things going on in life and doing things for yourself sometimes that are really important. And I don't know, maybe it's because we've been away for a couple of weeks or just, I've been thinking about some personal stuff and you and I've had this conversation sort of offline is just do it for yourself too. Like, I know we've been talking mm-hmm. about this, that it will help you with your job search. It will help you get that next job. It'll help you do the thing. 
also just invest in yourself and learn something new and like find something new that you might be passionate about or just have some fun and take a class or do something that invigorates you and is investing in yourself because that alone is worth it. And I think sometimes we're looking too much at the goal of like, I have to do the thing. I have to get to the result. I'm doing it for the reward of the carrot. You can also just do it for yourself. And I think we don't say that enough in life. No, absolutely. It's so easy for to get tunnel vision and just be sort of stuck in the mold that you're in or um, just be focused on one thing, like the light at the end of the, the tunnel. But just put yourself out there, take a look at other opportunities. There's so many things that are very non-committal too, mm-hmm. as far as like introduction classes or intensive, like, you know, six hour courses that are built to sort of pique your interest, give you a little bit of foundational um, understanding and see if it's something that like ignites a little bit of a passion in you and you want to continue doing. So there's a lot of light lift stuff out there that again is non-committal that you can sort of dip your toe into the water um, and just put yourself out there and see if it's worth engaging and investing in. Yeah. Cause that's what this is all about. You know, we work with our clients on their careers, but so much of it is also about picking up their energy. And it's why everything we talk about is, you know, shine at work and shine bright and all that, because that's really what this is about is like finding opportunities that will really help elevate you and put you in a place that really makes you happy and you feel successful. And whether that is, you know, working with a coach to find a a new career path that's right for you, investing in a class, just learning something new, creating space in your life for what you need. Like that's the point of all of this. And upskilling is one of those things. Um, But, you know, just having the opportunity to focus on what you need is really the point of all of this and, and why we do this podcast and why we work with our clients and why we do all that we do. Going into the job search can be a bit of a daunting task. There's not, um, there's not that feedback loop of like, I've done the thing, I've applied to the position, now I've heard back, now I'm having the interview. There's a lot of black holes out there. There's a lot of pouring your blood, sweat, and energy into cover letters. And um, it's hard to feel like you're moving the ball forward sometimes. And we've talked about ways to, to get around that. But um, doing something like this can also help with that of like, this is something substantial concrete where you're you're going through the motions maybe going through a course or um you can feel or see uh the improvement that you're making and it's just from a psychological standpoint when you're in the the midst of a job search could certainly help too absolutely i love that especially for someone who likes to like get the little reward at the end or check the box that's a great point about <laughs> like you can feel like you're making progress All right, my friends. Well, hopefully this was helpful and inspired you to take some action to identify a skill that you want to improve or increase or upskill to find a way forward, whether it's for yourself or for your career search. Maybe we'll see you next week. Life doesn't always uh, stay on a schedule. So we'll see you as soon as we see you. And thank you, Dan, as always, for all your amazing insight. Good to see you, my friend. You too. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Shine at Work podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for the video versions of our episodes. To learn more about how you can work with Dan and I to make your next big career move, go to our website, shineatwork.net. Or follow us on Instagram at shine underscore at underscore work. See you at the next episode.